This is Connected Nation, a podcast focused on all things broadband. From closing the digital divide to improving your internet speeds, we talk technology topics that impact all of us, our families, and our communities. On today's podcast, we talk with the founder and executive director of Computers for People, a nonprofit that's putting a modern twist on the old adage, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Learn how the group is using that idea to close the digital equity gap, the lesson the pandemic provided local leaders that can be used anywhere, and what the nonprofit's founder is asking you to do today. I'm Jessica Denson, and this is Connected Nation. I'm Jessica Denson. Today, we're talking with Dylan Zajac, who is the founder and executive director of Computers for People, a nonprofit working in northern New Jersey and the New York City area. Welcome, Dylan. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jessica. Thank you for having me on. We are excited to talk with you today. Um, I know you do some amazing things in your area, so let's get down to it. Uh, You have kind of a unique story regarding how Computers for People came to be. It really began as an entrepreneurial effort. Is that correct? Yeah. So back in 2018, I think it was, uh, me and my friends would go to different thrift shops. uh, And my friends knew a lot about how to fix computers, while I knew a lot about selling stuff on eBay. So we kind of worked together and we would, we would go on the train to all these different thrift shops around New York City and buy uh, computers that you know were very cheap and we would negotiate with thrift stores on, on buying those computers and then we would take them home, fix them up and put them on eBay uh, and sell them and we just you know made some money that way. But through this effort uh, and also we saw from, from our parents uh, and their companies, they would throw out you know, tons of electronics and, uh, and computers. So we, so through these efforts, I saw how, you know, how many computers were being thrown away each year. And then my, uh, my stepmother works in a nonprofit. Uh, and we were talking about how all this e-waste is being thrown away and how there's actually, you know, a massive, massive gap, uh, where people need technology uh, and it's very expensive to purchase computers. Uh, so we had this idea to make, you know, official nonprofit to collect all this e-waste, refurbish it, uh, and donate it to people in need. Uh, and through my work, you know, collecting computers in thrift shops and uh, refurbishing them, I learned myself how to fix all the computers. Um, so the next day, after we had this idea in the car, during my, I was, I was a sophomore in high school, uh, and during our school lunch period, I, I had the idea to, to get computersforpeople.org, um, the domain name, and I just I saw it was available and I purchased it right there. I got computersforpeople.org and computersnumberforpeople.org, and I just you know I got it right there to make sure no one else could get it. And over the next few months, I just worked to build the website, build all of our systems, how this is going to run, uh, put together you know a really skilled board of directors with the help of my stepmom, uh, who works in a nonprofit. And then just from there, it's, it really grew. And I got the 501c3 status, which make it, made us an official nonprofit uh, so people could get a tax receipt when they donate their computers. And from there, it just grew a lot. So you were you just excited? You could see the opportunity. Have you always kind of been that way? I mean, obviously, that's your, you were at a young age where you really see the opportunity and you see the need. And so you feel motivated to fill that? Yeah. So since I, I mean, since I was little, I always was interested in like entrepreneurship and starting my own businesses. And every time 
I had a good idea, I would like, I would really pursue and be motivated to do it. And, you know, once I latched on to a certain idea, you know, I just, you know, you can't get it out of my head and I want to accomplish that. And I see the potential of what this organization and this idea could accomplish. And I was very excited to, to do it and make it happen. So go a little more into how the organization now works. You, you get donations, you do, donations, you refurbish, and then you donate that to others. And you work with 30 plus nonprofits, correct? From all kinds of, they help people from all kinds of walks of life, homeless shelters, food banks, others. D- share a little bit with our audience so they understand the model that you're using, how you get, you bring these computers in, what you do to them. Are, are they really like really, you know, somebody might think of a refurbished computer may not think it's like at the same level as a new computer. What, how do you go through that system? Yeah. So it starts off, we've kind of built out a whole system with developers, a really unique system. So if you go on our website, uh, you can go to computersforpeople.org slash donate, uh, and you can just fill out this quick form of how many computers you have. You have one laptop or you have, you know, 20 laptops, and then you submit that form and if you're in northern New Jersey or New York City, one of our volunteers can go and pick up those computers and we bring them back to our office here in Hoboken, New Jersey. Uh, and then we have volunteers and myself uh, that refurbish all of the computers and we put Windows 10 uh, on every single computer that we get. Uh, and we only accept computers that are less than 10 years old and working. So that way we try to limit the amount of you know, computers that aren't able to be refurbished uh, and given away. Uh, but if there's a computer we, see, we receive that you know, is not good enough to give away, we can part them uh, and use those parts in other computers like hard drives and Wi-Fi chips. You call that parting them? Is that what you said? Yeah, we part them. So uh, to vet these clients, uh, you explained to me that uh, these different organizations that you work with, they actually work directly with the people, but they write letters. Is that right? To explain who these people are that you're helping? Yeah. So, we, so we've created a whole application process uh, where individuals can apply, uh, can apply online or we have a paper form as well. Uh, and once they submit that application, then it sends an uh, email to the recommender and the recommender has to uh, give an, a, rec- a letter of recommendation for each client. So this is how we vet um, that each client, you know, is truly in need of a computer uh, because we trust these nonprofits that we partner with and there's 30 plus uh, nonprofits. And about how many people um, have you helped to date? Would you estimate? Yeah. So, so far we've given away 402 computers and we estimate that 70%, around 70% of our computers go directly to individuals, while 30% go to nonprofits, um, either to nonprofit volunteers or employees, um, or as computer centers in nonprofits. Uh, so we estimate that the 30% helps between five and 100 individuals. So with that math, um, it's around 880 people that we've helped with these 402 computers. Because not only you're helping that person, but maybe somebody they live with and so on, so the, the impact is grows. It puts out like a wave of, of helping the entire family. Is that, is that kind of how you see it too? Exactly. Especially, yeah, when it goes to one person, uh, now they're able to get a job to, you know, uh, be able to make money for their family. 
And also with the nonprofits where it's like a volunteer or counselor can now have a computer to work with all of their clients. Um, so yeah, it's the ripple effect uh, of impact. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for, ripple effect. <laughs> um, Connect Nation, we learned about your organization through the AT&T Homework Gap Program. Um, it provided 35,000 spots nationally to vulnerable students, those with low-income families, facing physical challenges, other things like that. Connect Nation administered that program, and through it, uh, you applied and uh, received uh, 50 hotspots and free internet service from AT&T. Share a little bit about how that was used. Uh, we were really impressed with how well prepared and a lot of the great things that your organization is doing. Can you share a little, a few details about one or two of the, the nonprofits that, that those went to? Definitely. I just want to first, firstly say that I was trying to find a program like this because you know, we were giving out all these computers and people would constantly ask me, you know, do you have a way for low cost internet or free internet uh, to go along with the computers? And that like completes the digital divide. Uh, so I was so happy to get a response from AT&T Connected Nations uh, for this program and to be able to give out these 50 hotspots to K through 12 students in need. So one of the nonprofits that we work with is called Community Lifestyle. Um, and they work with mainly uh, students, young students, like five to around 13 in Hoboken, uh, in the Hoboken Housing Authority. Uh, so we've distributed around like 10 hotspots uh, that they distributed to all, uh, to a lot of their students. And now those students are able to access school uh, and access homework as well, because I know uh, where they live, it's very hard to actually get internet access. So now you know, a lot of them received computers from us, and now they also received hotspots. And we also, um, they have a free summer camp for all those individuals and students, which we use the hotspots for a computer center that we just set up. So I go every Tuesday for two hours and teach the students actually how to use the computers. Um, and we're using the hotspots uh, for that summer camp. So, you know, it's, it's a great program. It's it's great to see that, you know, it, and it's hard to believe sometimes that just a simple device could really help create so much positive change in kids' lives, families' lives, people's lives. But that is really what you're seeing, right? For sure. Yeah, just from, just from being there, you know, it's different because I don't usually do classes, but they asked me to do, you know, two hours a week. And I was like, yeah, definitely, I want to try that out. And just seeing and getting to work with the kids who no, some of them have never you know, touched a computer before or a keyboard um, and getting to work with them and show them how to use a keyboard. And now, you know, going forward, you never know, you know, how that could impact them uh, with school and, and just knowing, you know, how to use a computer can greatly benefit you. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, even those that listen to our podcast would say, you know, wow, they have never touched a computer. And can you imagine the disadvantage that would put these kids at to never have that experience? So that's, that's a wonderful thing to, to see happening. Uh, I am struck often through our conversations by how, um, how deep your understanding goes with this. We talked about the digital divide and how the pandemic has really shifted people's understanding. And I, I, I mentioned that, have you noticed that people are aware of it, that th this is a thing? And you said, let me quote you for just a moment, most people didn't realize the digital divide existed until the pandemic. 
but there was a massive need for technology even before doing things like homework, even before for doing things like homework and job searches online. So there was already this, you were aware of this, uh, people working around you were aware of it. Uh, Explain how the pandemic has really changed others' awareness and understanding, especially when it comes to how local leaders are responding to this need. For sure. I mean, to be honest, I didn't know the term digital divide existed uh, before the pandemic. I just, I mean, I just never thought about a term or heard about it, uh, really. So once the pandemic happened, I saw like New York Times and all these uh, different newspapers posting about the digital divide and how all these students don't have computers to access school. I'm like, wow, that's, you know, what we're doing uh, because we started in 2019, way before the pandemic. How, how do you think, do you think local leaders are more receptive to your mission now after the pandemic? Yeah, so now I, I get to partner with a lot of the local electeds um, that really help me out, especially with fundraising uh, and finding partnerships. Uh, to help us, you know, bridge the digital divide. And it's becoming, it's great because our organization, uh, I feel it's like one of the only uh, organizations in the New Jersey and New York City area that's really, you know, bridging the digital divide that I've heard of. Uh, and that especially our local leaders, uh, when I tell them about this and about the digital divide, you know, it's it comes into their mind and they're, you know, oh, wow, yes, this is definitely an issue. So, you know, it's great to be able to do that. Um, You mentioned earlier that you were just you were a sophomore in high school, about 15 or 16 years old when you started this. What advice can you offer others, young or older, who would like to do something positive like this to address this problem in their communities? Yeah. So, I mean, you really just have to from being in a community and and living in a community, you can tell um, by asking others, you know, where is the true need? Uh, and how can I help? And that might be you know, volunteering at a nonprofit uh, or volunteering at a school, doing tutoring help. Uh, but if you want to really start your own, uh, you have to find you know, an idea that's different and a, a solution, a solution to a problem. Uh, and I, you know, I've talked to a lot of young leaders. Now I'm part of um, two different organizations, one's Riley's Way and uh, Peace First, that motivates uh, and supports young leaders uh, to do initiatives in their communities. Uh, And through that, I've seen that, you know, there's so many different ideas uh, and so many young leaders that are stepping up and tackling different issues in their community. Um, So, you know, through those organizations that can support you and finding an idea that you're really motivated to, you know, find a solution for, uh, you can definitely make a change. That's great advice. And meanwhile, for you, the need for technology really persists. Right now you have, or or last we spoke, you had about 150 to 200 people waiting for a desktop computer or laptop or tablet. How can people help fill that need? Yeah. So right now we have a very limited supply of tablets and laptops because those come in and out very quickly. Um, So people can definitely help us, you know, fill all the need on our waiting list and all the approved applicants by if you have a laptop sitting in your closet or you have a company that you work for that, you know, is getting rid of all their laptops or tablets, uh, you can let them know that Computers for People exists and you just go to computersforpeople.org slash donate and submit all those computers. We wipe all of the hard drives 
Um, and we pick them up if you're in northern New Jersey or New York City. So if you have computers to donate, that would be amazing, and they will all go towards a good cause. Um, I will put a link to the website in the description of this podcast for the benefit of our audience. Um, Now that you've graduated, Dylan, uh, you told me that you have even more time to devote to the program. What are your hopes for the future of the organization? Yeah, so the one thing is I'm going to college uh, in August, late August. Uh, So I've been growing the organization, trying to fundraise enough uh, to hire uh, a couple, uh, one program director and one computer technician to, you know, really run the day-to-day programs in New York, New York City and New Jersey, because uh, I'll be in Boston. And then I'm hoping to, once everything is, you know, secured and we're able to manage, you know, the great need that we see right now with 150 people applying, once we're able to manage that need, I hope to spread out to other states, really, across the United States. And, you know, there's so many computers that are thrown out every day, pallets and pallets of computers are thrown out. I'm, I'm told about this, but people just don't know that we exist yet. And they just throw out all these computers and all this e-waste goes into the environment. So once we're able to get enough computers and manage all the need in, in different areas, then we could spread out. Uh, and then and maybe even one day we're able to, you know, handle the need so much that we can send computers globally because there's so many places that the digital divide is like, even greater in in other countries. Um, so being able to help you know all over the place and just growing the organization is, is my overall goal. It seems like you're really just limited by your imagination and motivation to really help people. Yeah, pretty much. I, I guess. <laughs> um, what we've you you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but what your organization is doing is one piece of the puzzle. And when you you were talking about the hot spots, you said um, you were really looking for somebody to fill that piece of the internet access or the inter, you know internet service. So, uh, what are the areas of the digital divide that we should really all work together on fixing in your mind? Yeah. So, I mean, once computers for people is able to fully manage the one third, which is devices and computers. Um, There's two other, the two thirds, the other part to really complete and bridge the digital divide is Wi-Fi hotspots and broadband. And the other is uh, computer literacy training because a computer is no good to someone that, you know, doesn't know how to use it and use all the tools on it. So, you know, I hope to partner with different organizations to, you know, have more uh, Wi-Fi hotspots to give out to our clients um, and also to start doing digital literacy training for all of our clients that receive computers. Um, so that's that's my goal. And I'm working on, you know, cr- maybe creating those different programs uh, by partnering with with other organizations. And I hope to do that. That's great. And you mentioned that you were trying to do some fundraising. So I didn't want to get you give you an opportunity to talk about your upcoming fundraiser before I let you go. Um, at this recording, it's it's late July, but you, you have a fundraiser coming up in August, correct? Yes, August 4th. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Definitely. Yeah. So we have, we have a pretty big fundraiser event coming up August 4th from 630 to 930 p.m. at the Hoboken Pilsner House and Beer Garden. Um, and this event, we're trying to raise enough money to hire a program director uh, to manage our day-to-day operations, like I was talking about before. Um, so we hope uh, to you know, get some sponsors and make enough money off the auction and donations uh, to hire this program director for the next year. So 
You can go and buy tickets to the event if you're interested uh, by going to computersforpeople.org slash event. Uh, and I hope to see everyone there. That's wonderful. Well, Dylan, thank you so much for joining us today and for your work to help others. We really appreciate all that you're doing. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Again, we've been talking with Dylan Zajak, who is the founder and executive director of Computers for People, a nonprofit working in the northern New Jersey and New York City area. I'll put links to the organization's website and social media pages in the description of this podcast. I'll also include links to the fundraiser that Dylan mentioned. I'm Jessica Denson. Thanks for listening to Connected Nation. If you like our show and want to know more, head to connectednation.org or look for the latest episodes of Connected Nation on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Pandora, or Spotify.